It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's a pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guest in a minute, and I promise we're going to have a lot of fun today. I do want to take a bit to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I usually do this every single week. Lately, I've been thinking about the idea of acceptance. I was talking with a coaching friend of mine about how people have a need to feel loved and accepted. Then he said something that blew my mind. He said, we all want to be accepted. People prefer that, but it is not required. Now, let's think about that for a second. High-achieving people don't care what other people think of them. In fact, many people who achieved greatly were initially told that they couldn't do the thing that they wanted to do. High achievers frequently are told to be realistic or not to take unnecessary risks. Well, when you realize that acceptance by others is not required, it can be very liberating. It allows you to blaze your own path and fight for what you believe in. If you think about it, some people will always support you. Others will never support you. You won't win over everybody no matter what you do. So just take the opportunity to follow your dream without regard for what others think. After all, acceptance is preferred, but it is absolutely not required. With all this in mind, I do want to introduce my guest. But first, I want to say if you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, please do that. Leave a review. That would be very, very meaningful to me. And oh, by the way, if you want Alexa to play Success Profiles Radio, ask her. She'll play the lo- most recent episode. It's amazing. My guest this week is Jeremy Ryan Slate. Let me tell you a little bit about him. He is the founder of the Create Your Own Life podcast. It's one of my favorite shows, apart from mine, of course. And uh, this show studies the highest performers in the world. He studied literature at Oxford University, specializes in using podcasting and new media to create celebrity, and was ranked number one on iTunes New and number 78 in the iTunes Top 100. He was named the number one podcast to listen to by Inc. Magazine in 2019, as well as being named top influencer by Forbes. After his success in podcasting, he and his wife, Brielle, founded Command Your Brand, which helps entrepreneurs get their message out by appearing as guests on podcasts. He's also the author of the new book, Unremarkable to Extraordinary, Ignite Your Passion to Go from Passive Observer to Creator of Your Own Life. We have a lot to unwrap today, and I cannot wait to get started. So here we are with my very special guest returning to the show. I believe this is his third time here, Jeremy Ryan Slate. How are you, Jeremy? Hey, man, I was just thinking about that as well. I, I I think this is literally the third time. And I just I really appreciate you so much, you know, having me back for a third time because, you know, you've been doing the show for a long time. You you yeah. hold yourself to a really high standard. And it just to me, it just really feels like a compliment to have me back here, man. Thank you. Not everyone comes back a second time. Not not that there's anything, but there's just not room for everyone to come back more than once. Yeah. I just I just have so many people that I want to 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 think of to, to interview. And I was just thinking about something really mind blowing uh, earlier this, well, this last week, actually, if I think about my life expectancy and about when my dad passed last year and how old he was, if I am able to physically do this until the day I'm no longer here, I have maybe 20 more years of shows left, which means I only have about 900 more episodes in me, which means I have to make every single one of them count. How amazing is that? 
Hey, man, I just saw an article this morning that it said, like, humans are going to become immortal in, like, 2045. So you just got to make it till then, man. And then, and then we're going to have Brian K. Wright forever. Okay. That would put me <laughs> that would put me at 80. Do I, do I have to be 80 for the rest of my life, or can I be younger? I, I don't know, man. I didn't read the article, just the headline. <laughs> oh, wow. That's interesting. Okay, great. So here's where I want to start, Jeremy. Uh, did you envision early on that you would be where you are right now? No, absolutely not. Like, like for me, my, my background is, you know, the master's in history. I, I studied in Europe and everything like that. And I thought I was going to be a college professor. So mm-hmm. the, here's the interesting thing about this though, because I was just reflecting with, with my wife about this the other day is I, I think in actuality, what's made me successful in what I'm doing is the fact that I'm just teaching in a very different way. And I think I'm actually fulfilling everything I wanted to. I just didn't realize this was the way I would do it. I didn't realize it was going to be in this fashion. Yeah, no, I totally and completely understand that for sure. So tell us a little bit about your path and tell us what your rock bottom or defining moment was. Well, for me, honestly, um, I think there's several rock bottom moments in it, frankly. And and for me, as I mentioned, my master's was in ancient history and I thought I was going to be a college professor. And I, you know, came out of school in 2012 or 2011 and what was a really bad job market and I actually ended up teaching um I well ended up for a year painting houses during the day and and working at a gym at night so I was literally working like 17 hours a day it was like no existence and I, I ran into a friend of the family that said hey the private school that that I used to be the principal at is looking for for teachers and to teach at a private school in New Jersey you don't need any sort of a, a degree of any sort they just kind of say good luck and they, they 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 wish you best of luck put you in a room with a 30 to 40 kids and they hope you survive and the the first the first uh year of that man I was just so burnt out I I, I tuned in for year two and then in in year two my mom ended up having a, a really bad stroke and and for me that was really the first rock bottom moment okay. and it made me look at a lot of different things I was looking at in life. And I'm sure like, you know, losing a parent in the last year, you can reflect on like what that really does to you. And cause essentially though my mom is still with us and, and we love her dearly, it, it is like losing a parent in that way. And it makes you look at life a lot differently. And it made me look at, you know, where I was going, where I had been, what my real goals were. And I, I, at that point in time, I, I feel like I looked at my own goals for the very first time. Yeah. And that was that was a really, really interesting thing. And then I, I went through a number of different businesses after I quit that teaching job, the first being network marketing. Then I sold life insurance. Then I sold products on Amazon, which I feel like every entrepreneur has done all three of those things at some point in time if they're if they're new and they don't really have any background. And I actually ended up starting this current podcast that I, that I have now to create your own life show in November 20th of 2015, which to look at it now, man, like almost seven years ago is, is a little bit wild. Mm-hmm. And in the first year of that business, I ended up at, or in that podcast, I ended up starting a business um, with another podcaster, which we created a, a PR firm for the podcast space. And yeah. we did six figures in revenue in our first nine months. And but very quickly, you know, our goals were very different. And, you know, things just didn't go well after after that point. And, you know, he went one way, I went the other way. And for a period of time, I, I retained the staff from that original company because we had hired them because I knew them. Yeah. And for that, for th- about three months, man, I had to figure out how to pay them when we didn't have any income. Right. So I was like taking side jobs. I was like not paying myself. And mm. at that time, they did not know that I wasn't getting paid, but they were. 
Do you know what I mean? So I was yeah. like really making sure that we kept them on board because to me, like good people are so hard to find. And by January of the following year, so we're talking around 2017, we finally started, you know, getting clients with our new company. And since then it's, it's been great, but that rock bottom moment has taught me a lot about who I am, you know, as a, as a business owner, mm-hmm. you know, and as an entrepreneur and like how you treat others is just so vital, man. Yeah, no, I, I love that. So why did you decide to become an entrepreneur? Do you want the honest answer or do you want the answer I usually make up? Um, I'll, I'll give you the honest answer. Sure. <laughs> so I, I saw this, this network marketing presentation and I, and I didn't know, you know, what that was. So I thought I was applying for a job and yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, like I just got to find three people and I'm gonna make a million bucks like next month. Oh, this, is, right. this is insane. Why isn't everybody doing this? So I became an entrepreneur initially because it looked like easy money, frankly. And mm-hmm. and once I started, I found that it's so much harder. You need so many hard skills. You need so many soft skills even. Mm-hmm. And, you know, why I became an entrepreneur and why I now am one, you know, now it's for freedom and, and how I can help other people. But initially it was just like, I'm not happy doing what I'm doing. I need a way out. And I could, it looks like I could make a lot of money doing this. Yeah, no, I totally understand. I have attempted to do multi-level marketing direct marketing and it it i didn't i didn't like it (laughs) well i have friends that are very successful at as i'm as i'm sure you do as well but like for me me, like the the thing i found my my like my personal conversations changed right like every conversation i was trying to find something that somebody wasn't happy with and be like so i've got this opportunity and it just it just really changed who i was in a way that i didn't like absolutely what do you think it takes to be a successful entrepreneur there's two different things about this. this is actually one of the things that I, I wrote about in, in the book, which is coming up in, in June, um, is to be a successful entrepreneur, vision is, I think, the key standpoint to it. But it's vision in a way that a lot of people don't have it. You have to be able to see six months from now, six years from now, understand what happened six months ago, but not live in it. And I think yeah. that is the hardest part because so many people, they live in what happened to them six months ago or six years ago. And because of that, they can't look six months or six years from now. So you have to understand those things, acknowledge them for what they are, take them for the experiences you can learn from them. But you have to be able to put the future there because as an entrepreneur, you're actually creating and building that future. And I think that is the single biggest skill, but the single hardest thing for a lot of people to struggle with because yeah. we're, we get so stuck in our losses, man. Right. No, I, I totally understand and appreciate that. we got a couple of minutes to our first break. Here's a question that I've been asking fairly recently a lot, and I really like it. What is the most expensive mistake you have ever made? It can be financial or it doesn't have to be. It can be a time energy thing. It can be an opportunity lost. But what's the most expensive mistake you've ever made? Most expensive mistake I ever made actually was not a money thing. And that was um, when I had pitched my network marketing opportunity to my cousin, but in such a way that I made him wrong for every single thing he was doing. So he really, you know, initially got pretty upset about it. And and frankly, we didn't talk for five years after that until I kind of realized my own responsibility. And it was like, you know, hey, man, I'm I'm super sorry that the way I approached that. And I realized now I helped to create that situation. And, you know, I, I lost five years of that friendship. And, you know, thankfully, you know, we talk again, we're friends again, it's, and, and that's a big deal. But like, I lost five years of friendship because of my own unwillingness to see somebody else's viewpoint. Oh my goodness. That is, that's so important. So what do you think is your big mission and big purpose as we come out to the break? 
for me, it's it's helping people with big voices get out there in a way to help others, because I look at it as an individual. I'm finite and there's only so much I can do. But if I can help other people that have big voices and big visions get out there, man, that's what impact looks like. I love that. We are coming up against our very first break. My very special guest once again is Jeremy Ryan Slate, and we will be talking about his new book, which will be coming out soon, as he alluded to before. And that book is called Unremarkable to Extraordinary, Ignite Your Passion to Go from Passive Observer to Creator of Your Own Life. And we will also talk about how important it is to have your own podcast. We'll talk about his podcast. We'll talk more about his PR firm and how we can help people with powerful big voices get their message out to the world i can't wait to unravel all of this with you and with jeremy and we will do that when we come back this is success profiles radio please stay with us don't go away we will be right back after the break The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. was salvaged from the linguistic scrap heap by the Romans. It has remained in use in the Roman alphabet ever since, and now accounts for 2.5% of any page of written English. So today, I thought I would give you some fantastic words that start with the letter F. False eloquence is an 18th century word for lying. Fanfarinade is a 17th century word for an arrogant boaster. While a flap doodler is a 19th century slang word for a person who talks nonsense and rubbish. A Philly Lou is a noisy uproar. And my favorite F word ever, floxy noxy knee hilly pillyfication, which means worthless trivia. For more letter of the day words, download my free app at twofunnyforwords.com. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Jeremy Ryan Slate. And I cannot wait to unravel PR and becoming extraordinary, having a podcast and all of those things, because it is about helping people with big voices get their message out to the world because we all have a message. In fact, I would further say that if you do have a message inside you that you're dying to get out there, I do help you write your book. You probably will hear commercials, a couple of commercials where I talk about how I will help you write your book. And, and I am very glad to have that. In fact, uh, you can go to writeabookforyou.com, spelled all the way out, writeabookforyou.com, and you can see what I do. You can see some testimonials from some of my best clients. 
You can see the clip where I was on the list, nationally syndicated TV show, The List, where I talk about three things you can do to get your book started right now. And there's a link to get on my calendar at the bottom of the page, writeabookforyou.com. Can't wait to have that conversation with you. So Jeremy, you have a book coming out soon called Unremarkable to Extraordinary, Ignite Your Passion to Go from Passive Observer to Create Your Own Life. How did you decide to write this? So for me, I, I had finally like, I, I guess the easy way to explain this is when I started the podcast, I had always intended to write a book. Like I was like, okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to do this and it's kind of going to be a research project and it's going to, it's going to guide me to, to writing a book. And I don't know if you, cause you work with a lot of authors, you've probably seen this. Mm -hmm. I always told myself the time was never right and it was never the right time. And it was never the right time for like four years, then five right. years. And then we, it kept never being the right time. Yep. And then for me, I, I guess I finally felt like my voice was in the right place that I could do it. And, you know, I happened to connect with a publisher and, and that publisher really helped me to, to pull the story out of myself. And for me, it was like, OK, I, I need to get this story out there now. But the, the, the story was always there from from day one of like, you know, I want to talk to the best in the world. I want to talk to the, the, the best and the brightest and really learn from them what makes them special, unique and different. And the thing I found to start out with is just like they're just the same as you and I, man. It's, mm -hmm. you know, that we all start out remarkable, but it's what do we do to make ourselves extraordinary? And and, right. and I've wanted to really explain to people what those things are that make you so. Absolutely. So I'd like to visit some of the ideas in your book, not all of them, because we obviously want you to buy the book. Uh, but I want to ask you, what does courage mean to you? Courage to me um, is doing what you know needs to be done in spite of the odds that are against you. And I, I think we see this a lot now um, with, you know, cancel culture and things like that. There's people mm -hmm. that are really afraid to, to offend other people. Mm. And I think sometimes you have to realize the biggest thing in your life is you need to, to not desire to be liked or admired. And I think so many times we do things because we want other people to like us or admire us or whatever it may be. And, and here's what you find. You're going to put yourself in a lot of positions where you know, you're not doing things that are aligned with your your own, you know, moral compass, your own what you want to do with your life. And you're going to find as well um, that the people that generally have these opinions for you that you're trying not to upset are people that wouldn't, uh, you know, the way I put it in the book is they're, you're trying to live for people that would never die for you. And I, and I think Ooh. that's a really important way to put it. We, we let other people shackle us with their ideas, beliefs, failures and everything else. And because of that, we're never going to reach our full potential. And I think when you realize that you can't live your life for people that are never going to die for you, then it makes the decision a whole lot easier, man. And that doesn't. And mm -hmm. and the, the the point to that is though, because I think there's some people that take this the wrong way, mm -hmm. where they push it so hard to make other people upset or offended. And mm -hmm. to me, that's not the point. The point right. is realizing. People have their beliefs, you have your beliefs, but you have to realize theirs aren't yours or and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So you say, okay, I get that. I understand where you're coming from, but this is what I'm going to do. And I think it's really important to try and you know preserve that even when you're going for your own goals. Absolutely. So what is the most courageous thing you've ever done in your career? Frankly, it was leaving the the first company I had because that was it, it, it seemed to me what I had the best I was going to ever have. And when I look at what I'm doing now, I wouldn't be doing anything I'm doing now because, you know, we, we wouldn't have grown in the same way. We wouldn't be doing the same things. We wouldn't be standing for the same things. We wouldn't be hiring the same people. So the scariest thing was giving up, you know, what looked essentially good for, for what I could achieve in terms of greatness. And, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn and say, hey, I'm great. But I'm trying mm -hmm. to say, like, it set me on a trajectory to do much more with my life than I thought I could at that point in time. Absolutely. 
you also talk about having a Mo Lewis moment, which is basically a moment when the preparation that we spent our whole lives working on finally meets the circumstances that allow us to express that. Tell us about yes. that. So uh, for those people that don't know, Mo Lewis uh, used to play linebacker for the Jets. And in 2001, um, Drew Bledsoe was the quarterback of the New England Patriots. And at that point in time, there was a guy that started the year as third string, which eventually became second string that nobody had heard of at that point in time. And his name was Tom Brady. And Tom Brady had barely made his high school team. He barely started in college because he was up against Drew Henson at the University of Michigan, but he had always been the hardest worker. He'd always watched film. He'd always done all these different things. And then one day, uh, Drew Bledsoe got tackled by Mo Lewis, the linebacker from the Jets. And that was the end of Drew Bledsoe's career with the Patriots because Tom Brady became the starter and then played for 22 years, only missing one season. Mm. So you have to really set yourself up every day as if that day is the day it's going to happen for you. And when you have that viewpoint, you keep preparing, you keep looking for opportunity you, and you can make the opportunity if you continue showing up. For some people, it's earlier in life, for, mm-hmm. you know, like Tom Brady, it was 23 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, Harlan Sanders, I think it was like 64. But yeah. you have to keep showing up and keep preparing as if your shot's going to come because one day it will come. Absolutely. Abraham Lincoln had a pretty famous quote about that, didn't he? He did, um, but for some reason, the only thing that's coming in my mind right now is the Abe Lincoln quote where it says, many things you read on the internet aren't true. I can't remember what the Abe Lincoln <laughs> quote is, though. <laughs> something, something about um, I will study for my moment, and when that moment comes— Oh, I will prepare, I, I will prepare, and my moment will come. Yes, exactly. That's it. That's it. The next thing I want to ask you is what's wrong with following your passion? Well, I, I think in internet marketing is like one of the worst things with this because they're like, you know, for only paying me $10,000, I will teach you to follow your passion. And right. I think like many times, like number one, I'm just going to be honest with everybody out there. Most advertising lies to you. It's just mm-hmm. how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but number two, like I think so many times people use the idea of following their passion to never take action on something because, mm-hmm. oh, and, and and I'm in my mid 30s, so I feel like I'm part of the millennial generation that I feel like is, frankly, the worst with this because they're always looking for that opportunity to come. And if you look at a lot of the people that have created things in life, they're always willing to work hard. And I think life rewards hard work. Mm-hmm. So following your passion isn't the right way to go about it. It's finding something you're good at and continuing to work at that every single day. And, you know, once you get attention from that, once you become successful in that, you're going to get pretty passionate. And that, that actually comes from a book I had read by Cal Newport called mm. So Good They Can't Ignore You. And he had uh, quoted Steve Martin when uh, he had read a Steve Martin autobiography. And, you know, they said, well, Steve, how did you become so famous? And he goes, you know, I just keep uh, being so good they can't ignore me. And one day they found me. And I think mm. that's really what it's about, man. It's wow. continuing to work hard, put in the work day after day after day. And and not just hoping it's going to happen to you, but happen because of you. I love that. That's fantastic. So let me ask this. Extraordinary people learn from failure. But the problem is that most people are afraid to fail. Why do you think that is? Well, there, there's two parts to that, really. And the, the first is society tells us failing is bad, right? You know, mm-hmm. like I, I remember I, I grew up in the early 90s. I remember getting like t-ball trophies just for like participating i remember my dad taking them breaking them in half and throwing them out and saying son you only get trophies for winning you don't get them for just showing up and i think that's one part of it is there's been this shift in society where we're told that it's cool to just participate Mm -hmm. um when you know really what we should be celebrating is winning and when you don't win you figure out how to win you know there's there's nothing wrong with with losing if you figure if you use, use that losing to figure out how to win so i think that's one part of it is society has 
you know, shown us the other way. And another thing is, too, people are driven by fear, right? They're driven by fear of what they don't want to happen to them. So I think once you can get away from the fear and look at the opportunity in losing, because every loss has an ability to learn how to not lose again. And I think if you are willing to find that and, and figure it out and continue showing up, like like that's vital, man. It really is. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I love that. Something else you talk about is done is better than perfect, yet so many of us want things to be just right before moving forward. <laughs> that's a prescription for failure, isn't it? Oh, it is. And I it's it's funny because like the I I don't I don't remember if I quoted this in the book, but I, I know it's something I often tell people and I've written in blog posts about. Um, you know, my my wife always makes a a, a big to do over like spell checking, like when I write an email or something like that. And, and many times I'm like, Hey, I wrote it in 10 minutes and it's out already. And whatever. She, she always calls me the, the one, the one cut King. Cause I'm always mm. doing video and writing in one cut. Yeah. And here's the thing. If it gets out there and you have some, some misspellings and, and whatever it may be, at least it's out there. And I, mm-hmm. and I think that's the biggest thing is you have to realize that version 2.0, 3.0, whatever it may be is, is always going to be better than 1.0. But if you don't mm-hmm. get it out there, number one, you can't get user feedback. Right. Number two, Nobody's going to know who you are if you keep holding on to that thing. And I, I think that's what you have to realize. Just get it out there, man. You'll mm-hmm. get some feedback if people liked it, if they didn't like it. And and you'll at least get moving. And, you know, you're going to beat the person that keeps thinking about it all the time. Oh, absolutely. In fact, very quick story. When I was considering whether or not to go to graduate school or not, I was getting my information and, you know, just doing my research. And I talked to one of my professors and I said, I've been stewing about this decision for about six weeks. And he says, you know what, Brian, I think you really do know enough to make this decision. Now, the longer you delay the decision, the the more tortured you're going to be by it. At some point, you have to draw the line and decide. You may learn things after you decide that may have entered into your decision, but you can't beat yourself up over that because you didn't know it then. I would encourage you to make your decision as soon as possible. And I did and decided that I would go to graduate school and it changed the trajectory of my life. I love it. It's fantastic. So let me ask you this because we are coming up against our next break. We've got two more minutes left. What does it mean to take radical responsibility? Well, I, I think many times we we tend to justify when when people, you know, don't succeed at something. You know, we look at it and we're like, oh, you know, they had the wrong circumstances. They, you know, had bad weather, whatever it may be. But people that are radically responsible, they look at it and they say, "Okay, so I'm going to look at every single angle of this and see where I need to be responsible for it to work. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, my favorite example is Grant Cardone talks about the entrepreneur that complains. Well, I couldn't produce because the power went out. He says, well, you should have had a generator then. And it really comes down to being prepared for every situation and seeing, you know, where you can decide to make it go right, because if you want to make it go right, there's always an opportunity to do that. You just have to find it. So I think when you're radically responsible you find the areas where other people would just say, oh, I'll leave it up to fate or it was somebody else's fault. Right. No, I, I love that. And, and Grant Cardone has a very interesting way of looking at things. And if you listen to him long enough, you realize, you know, he's right about a lot of things. He's not everyone's cup of tea, but I, I do love listening to him because his his mindset is very expansive. I love that. We are coming up against our next break. My very special guest this week is Jeremy Ryan Slate, and his book is called Unremarkable to Extraordinary, Ignite Your Passion to Go from Passive Observer to Creator of Your Own Life. And really, the extraordinary people are the ones who create your own life. And it's what Jeremy's brand is built around. His his podcast is called the Create Your Own Life Podcast, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show, and I can't wait to unwrap more with you and with Jeremy when we come back. This is Success Profiles Radio.
The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. This is the Tokinet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Jeremy Ryan Slate, back for the third time. And his upcoming book is called Unremarkable to Extraordinary, Ignite Your Passion to Go from Passive Observer to Create Your Own Life. And so I want to ask, because we are talking about becoming extraordinary, extraordinary people also create opportunities, whereas most people just simply look around for them. How do you create that? Well, it's from a perspective of like, first of all, a vision change, right? When you, you look at everything, you have to see, you know, the barrier, uh, the opportunity. And I feel like, and, and I, the easy way to explain this, and I'm sure you know somebody like this, Brian, anything you propose to them, they're like, I can't do it. It can't be done. Yeah. No, no, no. It's like, I, I, I've growing up. That's how we had to like work my dad over to get him to agree to anything is he'd always say, no, that was the initial thing he was going to say. And then we'd have to show him how it would get done, do it. And then he'd be like, oh yeah, well, it's already done now, dad. And I think that's the biggest thing is you have to, first of all, not be the person that says no to everything. But so many people are that you have to be willing to see things through and realize number one, you don't have to know every single step before you're going to get there. And number two, realize that you're going to get there, it just may be longer or shorter than you think. So I think when you when you have that viewpoint, you can then create opportunities for yourself. You know, if something doesn't go right, well, maybe that's a new product idea. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if you don't connect with the person you want to connect with for an interview, maybe somebody else would be better for that interview, whatever it is. Yeah. There's always opportunity there if you're willing to find it. But yeah. you, if you are closed off to it, if you're always saying no, you're not going to find it. You're going to find no, which is exactly what you started out looking for. Right, exactly. So how do you find your extraordinary? Day after day after day, man, showing up, doing the work. And I, it's, I feel like it's, it's like so overstated. I feel like so many people say it, but very few people do it. You know, it, it is finding those daily habits that you can do every single day. It is putting that vision there for yourself and continuing to push towards that vision. And, you know, putting yourself around the right people. And honestly, one of the biggest things that I've learned around Extraordinary, um, I, I had the 
opportunity a few years ago to interview um, four-star general uh, David Petraeus, mm-hmm. and he said one of the things that has been the biggest moving forward in his life is journaling, and it's something he's done his entire life. Wow. And when you learn to write out your thoughts and work through your thoughts, you can find out what was working, what wasn't working, mm-hmm. you know, where your mindset was right, where it was wrong. But when you really focus on what can make you better every single day and not dwell on those losses, man, that's how you mm-hmm. get extraordinary. And that's what it looks like. Absolutely. And side note, if you're thinking about writing a book and you do journal every day, that might be some excellent source material to start with. Yes. Just saying, just saying. Well, that's awesome. where the that's where the first chapters from the book came from, frankly, is a lot of things I had journaled and I was like, OK, so this this would actually work for a book. Yeah. It absolutely would. So you talk about being the one to tell your story because other people are not going to tell your story for you. But how do you know what your story is? You and I do very similar work is we do things that help people draw out their story. But sometimes people come to us and say, I don't know what my story is. Oh, my God, I don't know what to say. Oh, my God, I don't know if people will listen to me. How do you deal with that? Well, I I think I think you and I come at it from a different perspectives because I'm coming at it more from a like a media coverage perspective. So, True. you know, when we're looking at a story, the first question I always have somebody ask themselves is, well, who cares? Right. And, and I and I think that's the thing you have to ask first is who cares, because you have to understand the media landscape, mm-hmm. um, you know, like especially with, you know, Twitter, I think a tweet lasts about like seven seconds. Like mm-hmm. the world moves so fast. There's so many news stories and something that was news an hour ago is not news now. So you have to realize there is so many, there are so many stories out there. So you have to think who's going to care because I think people have this misconception about the media that yeah. they're out there looking for good things, looking for stories. And they're not, you know, if you do something wrong, they'll find you very quickly. Yeah. But they're not looking for the good news. So you have to be out there finding the right places to tell it and asking yourself who cares and why should they care? So one of the big things you have to ask yourself is what is newsworthy about what I'm doing? Why should other people care about what I'm doing? So that, that is really the biggest part to telling your own story is asking who cares, what part of my story matters and why does it matter? Because it's going to matter to a certain group of people and for a certain reason. Right. And if you have a new book out like you do and like I did just this last December, people, I mean, media, they don't really care so much that, you know, Brian has a new book, Jeremy has a new book. It's what's the story behind the book? What's the message behind the book that's more universal that can appeal to a lot of people? And then the book supports that message, not the other way around. No, 100 percent, because I think and and I once again, coming at it from like a media perspective, like, you know, somebody says, oh, I have a book. Great. Who cares? You know, Uh why do they care? You know, maybe you're a veteran. Maybe there's a reason you wrote it for, um, you know, you wrote a you wrote a book uh, for your dad. Right. So, like, Mm -hmm. you know, people are going to care about things for a different reason. And that also means different audiences are going to care for that for that book in a different reason. Right. It could be, you know, when you're launching a new business, you know, people just don't care that you're in business. They care why you're in business, who you're in business for, who how you're helping them and what you're doing. But you have to ask yourself, what is newsworthy about what I'm doing and who is it newsworthy to? Absolutely. So. With all that being said, you started a company called Command Your Brand, where you help people do this. How did you decide to start that? Well, it, it as I mentioned, it started with the first company where we did it, and it mm-hmm. went well. And then <laughs> things kind of fell apart, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just I had to really right. figure out how to how to make it go. Mm-hmm. And you know, frankly, the the thing that that made it work better was um, you know really being in business with my wife, who's been in PR for gosh, like you know. 12 years at this point since the early 20s mm-hmm. and 
you know, having that viewpoint of public relations matched with the podcast world, we understood how to make a story fit in, in a better way, in a long form way, which is, you know, what we do in the podcast world. So in starting that company, we're like, well, you know, what big visions do we want to support in getting out there? So for a lot of it, it was, you know, I really care about health. I care mm -hmm. about, um, you know, I care about civil liberties. I care about freedom. I care about things about that, like that. So like, what missions can we support around that? And, you know, that's really what it's come down to is what big voices do we want to help promote, you know, that are moving the wheels of the world? Because there are a lot of stories out there and, and they're great stories, but they're not moving the wheels of the world. And they're not, you know, right. maybe changing the momentum if it's going in the wrong way. So yeah. for me, it was who can we support that's doing a really big thing? Um, and I think podcasts are an excellent place to do that because it's just such a long form conversation. Um, in the, in the break, you and I mentioned, um, when we have guests that are really media trained, they're used to these five, five minute segments, three minute segments, you know, answering in six in 30 seconds into a question, a podcast just isn't like that, man. You talk right. to somebody for 30 minutes, an hour. Um, if you're the Joe Rogan experience, sometimes four hours, yeah. but you really get to know a person and, and communicate in a different way. So I just think it's such an awesome place for people to not just tell their story, but really connect with the people that care about them. Absolutely. So how can podcasts help you create authority in your industry? Well, frankly, because you can niche down. And I think this yeah. isn't something that a lot of people get early on. You know, they all want to go on the biggest shows out there and get in front of the biggest audiences when actually it's in getting in front of the right audiences. You know, you know, let's say, um, you know, you're in a certain niche like business management. Well, there's a very particular type of shows you want to go on. Right. Um, or if you're in interior design, there's very particular shows you want to go on. What if you're dealing with the family? Well, you know, there's very particular shows for that. So because you have the ability to niche and really get deep with people, it's not the size of the audience, but the depth of the audience and the depth of the topic you're talking about. And I think to me, that's why you can really do that. Absolutely. So let's talk about how to properly pitch yourself to be on a show. We both receive lots of pitches. I'm sure you do just like I do. A lot of them are terrible. So how do you properly position yourself to potentially be on somebody's show? Well, first of all, you want to call the host the wrong name. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. That's like red flag number one. Oh man! It, it, how many times have you got? I've gotten that so many times, man. Like I've people call you the wrong name. They call me I've my mouth. I think it's because some of these PR account executives or whatever are just copying and pasting, and they forget to swap out the first name in the header. It's well, like, and I, I think I wrote back to somebody once and said, "Who's, who's Jeff?" Or what about what about when they leave the name tags in because they had it in their email marketing? It's like, "Hello, first name fix. I would like oh, to gosh. come on your podcast." <laughs> <laughs> Hard pass. Thank you. But but anyway, it's it's really talking about a story that matters. And, mm -hmm. and that's been one of the things, too. Um, I was talking about this even from the perspective of guests that I have on my own podcast is people say, well, how do you, when you have a because I don't have a huge show, but I have a, a, a decent show. Mm -hmm. They said, you know, how do you get the guests on your show that you get? And, and I said, because, you know, frankly, I don't talk about numbers. You know, like like when you talk about numbers, you're always going to be competing against numbers. Mm -hmm. So we talk about stories. We talk about the unique way we're going to look at things. We talk about the different ways we're going to communicate on things. And I think when you look at that, when you're pitching yourself, if you look at a show and you say, what particular viewpoint do I have to offer this host? You know, what can I offer Brian K. Wright? Mm -hmm. That's when you really make a pitch that works because it's written for Brian. It's written for how you can help success profiles radio. And it's not written about, well, so... Brian, this is how you're going to help me, and this is what you're going to do for me, because Brian's going to click delete. It's mm -hmm. about how you can help him and what, how you can help his audience. And I think when you can do that and when you keep it, can keep it particular to the show you're talking to, that's a win. Yeah, 
I, I absolutely agree with that. And I think the other thing that really helps is in your pitch, if you can prove that you have actually listened to the show before, that helps a lot. If you uh, make reference to an episode that you've actually listened to and something specific you learned from that guest, that proves to me, okay, I guess you've listened to this show. That's fine. Sometimes- I would add a caveat to that though, because I've seen pitches that do that and all they do is just cite an episode title and they know nothing about it. So like definitely make sure like it it is showing like understanding and and acknowledging the, the, the audience as well. Yeah, something specific that somebody said. Now, something that gets my attention if someone tells me they've already left a five-star review for my show and they've actually and I can verify that they've I love actually that done too. it. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'll listen to you now. Absolutely. You, know, you you'd be surprised, actually. There's some people that get offended by that. They're like, really? how, how dare you leave a five-star review for my show? And I'm like, what? Um, but I know as a host, I love that. <laughs> Absolutely. We've got uh about one minute to our break. Let me just ask real quickly, how do you create celebrity? You create celebrity by getting in front of a niche audience, man. That's really what it's about. I think too many times people want to swing big and wide, but when you matter to a small group of people and grow out from that, that's how it matters. Like, um, you know, he's been around for a long time, but you look at John, what John Lee Dumas did. He yeah. mattered for the people that wanted to show seven days a week. And as it grew, he influenced more people. But you have to realize to, in order to go big, you have to start small. And most people don't start small. They want to start big and you just can't do that. Absolutely. And he's been on my show before too. And he's brilliant. I I love that. He's, he's done a really fantastic job. We are coming up against our next break. I can't believe how quickly this is going. We're, we've got one more segment to go. Can you believe that? This is absolutely amazing. Seriously, man. I I can't believe it's like, where, where are we, where we are already? I know for sure. So we are here with Jeremy Ryan Slate, and his new book is called Unremarkable to Extraordinary, Ignite Your Passion to Go from Passive Observer to Creator of Your Own Life. When's it coming out, and where can we find it? So it's coming out on June 7th, um, and uh, you can actually get it over on uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or anywhere books are sold. Um, the site is supposed to be up anytime this week. That's going to be over at GetExtraordinaryBook.com, but right now Barnes & Noble and Amazon are up for uh, pre-order. Fantastic. I I can't believe how quickly this is going. And after the break, we're going to talk about mindset as a foundation. We'll talk about favorite productivity tips. We'll talk about how to know what to say yes and no to. We'll talk about gratitude. We'll talk about taking action fast and a whole bunch of other topics that I love talking with my guests about. And we will do all of that when we come back from the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We return on the other side and down the stretch we come. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Brian. 
This is the TogiNet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. It's words you never heard. Your tiny cell phone has more computing power than was used for the Apollo 11 moon landing. Today, the mobile phone industry continues to be the fastest growing business in the world. 90% of text messages are read within three minutes after being sent. And more than 90% of adults have their mobile phone within arm's reach all the time. What's a word for the inability to resist a ringing telephone? And surge. If you're afraid of your cell phone battery running out, the average cost per year of charging your phone is about a quarter. The iPhone 5 Black Diamond is the costliest phone in the world. It takes nine weeks to build and is made of 24 karat gold inlaid with 600 white diamonds. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very, very special guest this week is Jeremy Ryan Slate, and his book is called Unremarkable to Extraordinary, Ignite Your Passion to Go from Passive Observer to Creator of Your Own Life. And we're talking about how you can command anyone's brand. And Jeremy, you have a pig named Remy, and Remy has an Instagram account called Remy the Pig, and the account has not been active for a while, but your pig still has 671 followers on Instagram. I just got on Instagram four months ago, and your pig has more followers than I do. Well, and he hasn't been active in like three years now, man. Like it's yeah. it, it at the at the point. So we we uh, with you know having a couple kids and moving and everything. Like you know he doesn't live in the house anymore because um, yeah. first of all, like getting him to you know do bathroom habits the right way just wasn't great in the house. But now he yeah. does live in a, a barn out in the backyard, and you know he'll appear on my Instagram every once in a while. But yeah, uh, Remy is a busy, busy man. Absolutely. So how, how do you generate, how can you, how can you command anyone's brand? Well, it it comes down to realizing number one, the content you create is about the people that are consuming it. I think far too Mm. often, like, especially with Instagram influencers and people buying followers and whatever, they think the content's about them. When really you have to think about the things you're creating is about the person that's consuming it. And I think that the thing that you have to be able to do is take the viewpoint of the people looking at your content. And when you can do that, you're going to make things that matter to other people. And that's when they're going to share it. And that's when they're going to you know, reach other people. And, and, and that's where you're going to grow. So to me, when you're commanding your brand, it's about realizing the content you create, whether it's an interview, whether it's a blog post, whether it's um, you know, uh, an Instagram post, whatever it is. There has to be value in it for the people receiving it because they have to want to receive it. And I think once you can do that and you can start to create pieces that matter for that, that's where it comes to. And once again, it has to be for the right audience, man. Like you can't think I'm for everybody because here's the interesting thing. To really command your brand, you have to take a stance on something. It doesn't Mm. mean it has to be a radical stance, but you you can't be vanilla, man. You got to pick a side in any argument, whatever it is, because, you know, you have an opinion People can can stand with an opinion. They can't stand with vanilla. Yeah, I, that's you know what. And you've you've been uh, very active in taking a stance on things and standing up for what you believe in. And let, let's just talk about your podcast for a minute. It's called the Create Your Own Life Show. And you've you've got another show called Command Your Brand, right? 
Yes. So talk about those. So command your brand, we're really looking at business leaders. And the reason that we've kind of had this shift is about, you know, two years ago, as the, the world got a little bit weird, um, you know, I started talking more about health topics because it was really relevant. I started talking more about political topics because it mattered to me. Um, and I started exploring more things like that. But there's still a part of me that really wanted to talk to those business leaders. And that's, you know, why we started the Command Your Brand show, because I still wanted to have a place to do that. You know, but I got to a point where I, I said to myself, like, is what I'm doing mattering in the way it should? And, you know, I observed what was happening in the world, you know, good or bad. I don't know whether people out there agree or disagree with it. But for me, I didn't like a lot of what was happening. So I started talking about subjects that mattered to me and interviewing experts that, you know, were getting blocked on social media and different things like that because I wanted to try and give them a voice. So for me, it was about talking about things that mattered. That's absolutely fantastic. And I, I love and admire that you're you're taking a stand on some things. Do you have favorite guests that you've ever had on your show? You've had many. Oh, gosh, man. Um I don't, I, can you pick a favorite guest, man? I feel like it's picking your favorite kid. Like, um, it's, right. it's really hard. I, I, I tell my daughters, I both love them both equally. Um, you know, like for me, I'm a huge racing fan. So um, I interviewed four-time Indy 500 champion Elio Castroneves. Like, that was yep. super cool to get yeah. to talk to, to Elio uh, and learn a lot about his life. And, you know, 2009 was one of the roughest years of his life because he was, you know, under a lawsuit from the IRS. And and that was the year he won his, his third Indy 500. And he came out the other end and, you know, didn't get in you know, that whole case was dropped, but like, that was a really tough year of his life. And to see how somebody can compete at that level with that much pressure on them is incredible. Um, or I mentioned, uh, David Petraeus was an incredible experience. You know, he's a former CIA director. He was a four-star general. So to learn from him was, was pretty incredible. Um, I'm a big football fan as well. So I interviewed, uh, who, when he was playing was my former, my favorite Packer. And that was AJ Hawk, uh, who played middle linebacker for the Green Bay Packers. Um, and I guess one more I would think of that was pretty awesome. Um, you know, he wasn't the greatest player out there, but he was a good, solid, you know, all-star baseball player. And, and he was my favorite player when he played with the Yankees, and that was Nick Swisher. So yeah. I've been very lucky to talk to a lot of people I really admire and I have a lot of affinity for. Yeah, I yeah, I've I've had some amazing guests too, and and you know, people like Rich Franklin, people like Kevin Harrington, people like Darren Hardy. I mean, just Jesus, take me now. It, what a great <laughs> life. What a great life we both have. What, what are some of the greatest lessons that maybe you've learned? Like maybe the top one or two lessons that you've learned from anybody on your show. Wow. Um, you know, it's one. Here's one thing that's interesting is just from a like a like a producer and booking standpoint, like I've learned how to deal with busy people. And um, I, I find that like one of, I always used to be like super into like giving people calendar links and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I found that a lot of the people I want to talk to actually don't do that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, learning how to work with busy people, work with their calendars and things like that uh, was a really big deal, frankly. And it, it was a big learning point for me. So that's just from a logistical standpoint, that was a big deal. Um, the other one that I would say is just, you know, the amount of time sometimes you have to show up before what you want to happen happens. And I've seen yeah. that in so many stories. It's, you know, the, the, the person looks like they're going to fail for the 50th time and they finally get it right. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's one of the biggest lessons, man. And it goes through every single interview I do that adversity itself can be it, your greatest teacher. Mm -hmm. Like if you look at it like, you know, it's like uh, the blacksmith's furnace. You know, you, you, you continue to, to go through that fire until eventually you come out and you, you're that, that perfect piece of metal. But it, it takes some time to get there and it takes a lot of adversity to get there. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. You stay busy, I stay busy. Do you have any favorite productivity tips for us? Um, you know, the, the biggest one that I find, um, cause I, I've been terrible at this man is keeping too many tabs open on my computer. So one of them is making sure that like, I'm actually focusing on the task at hand while I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, the other thing is block scheduling. Mm-hmm. Um, because I find that, you know, when you're working on five different tasks, you know, you don't get anything done. It comes down to like working, you know, doing what you're doing while you're doing it. So I, I try to schedule my my day so i'm working on you know let's say finances from this period of time or i'm just taking calls from this period of time or i'm doing interviews this period of time but doing that with my day has been a game changer mm-hmm. because you tend to not get anything done when you're tied up in five different things mm-hmm. you know when you can start change and stop something and get it done like that's a big difference man yeah i was working on a client's book yesterday on sunday and i had given him a, a promise that i would turn in a partial version to him by the end of the weekend. And I worked for eight hours just on this book yesterday. And I just, oh my gosh. I was, I was cranking and I was so exhausted at the end of the day. But yeah, when you give yourself, even if it's an artificial deadline to create more urgency for yourself, you will get so much done. It means I'm not on social media as much. It means I'm focused, focused, focused. I take breaks. I come back and focus, focus, focus again. I love that. I love that. That's one of that. That's actually one of my, my, favorite and best things to do. It's actually, frankly, what got me through grad school. Um, you know, I, I, I remember, uh, so the night I actually met my wife, um, I churned out a 20 page paper on all three parts of, uh, Dante's divine comedy. Um, wow. so like when you have a deadline, you can get so much done. And to me, frankly, that's how I've gotten a lot done. That's how I got the, this book finished is I, I said to my wife, all right, so, um, you know, we're at 30,000 words. I need another 25,000 words. Um, you know, I'm not going to see you guys until it's, it's Friday. I'm not going to see you guys until Monday. So, you know, you guys can go hang out at your dad's and I'm going to get this done. I'm just going to focus on it. But when you get a deadline like that, you can actually get something done because you're so hyper-focused. And I find with writing, I don't know if you found this as well, Brian, like when you, when you write and focus on writing, you tend to write better, get more ideas and, and be yep. able to get in like a flow state with it. Absolutely. And when you get stuck, skip that section and move on to something that you feel better talking about. And then the creativity will open up for the section that you couldn't get to before. It's awesome. Yep. So here's my next question. How do you know what to say yes or no to? Ooh, so I was really good at this for a long time. And then I got to the point where I was saying no to too many things. And yeah. then I found that I was like kind of missing out on a lot of opportunities. Mm. So frankly, um, it's a case by case basis. You know, I used to say I had this overarching thing of saying yes to certain things and saying no to certain things. So now I look at it and I say, okay, is it on brand? Um, yeah. Does it fit with what I'm trying to do? Um, you know, do I see where we could work together on this? And let's talk about it. Um, I find, frankly, I'm taking a lot more conversations to see if it's a fit rather than just saying no to a conversation. It's, it's such yeah. a case by case basis. I feel like I used to have one of those like grand overarching rules and I just don't have it anymore. Absolutely. Gratitude is one of my favorite topics. How important has that been for you? It affects how you approach everything. You know, when mm-hmm. you're, when you're, and this goes back to when we were talking about no, right? If you, if you approach everything with no, you're going to see no. Gratitude is the same way. If you approach things from, you know, I'm grateful for what I have. I'm grateful for what I'm creating. I'm grateful for where I'm going you're going to find, number one, things get a lot easier. Number two, you're going to find more opportunities come your way. And you're just going to find that the work isn't as hard. Because when you want something to be hard and you're not grateful for what you're getting, it's going to be hard and you're not going to be grateful for what you get. You know, you get what you put your attention on, man. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. How important has it been for you to take action fast? 
it's been what's gotten me to this point in my life, man. Like, like, frankly, like you miss opportunities by, you know, the decisions you make, right? Like if you take too long to make a decision, you're not going to get that opportunity. And, and, you know, I, I think, I think about all the projects I've done in my life and it's because I'm willing to take action, not have it figured out and just go for it. Um, you know, I, I went on a speaking tour, um, two years ago when I, I went through, um, uh, Kiev, Ukraine, uh, Budapest, Hungary, uh, Bratislava, and we saw these different places, you know, we originally booked that trip I didn't even have all the plane tickets booked. I just had a flight a flight to Kiev and a flight home from uh, Switzerland. We had to figure everything out in between, but I would have never had any of those incredible, incredible opportunities if I didn't just say yes. Absolutely. The question I ask everyone at the end, who inspires and motivates you? Then I want to ask you how we can find you. I think Brad Thor. Uh, Brad Thor is a best-selling author, and um, the thing that motivates me most about him is his wife asked him a question one day when he was—he had a cable TV channel, and it wasn't what he wanted to do in life. And she said, "What would you regret not doing on your deathbed?" And he said, "Never writing that best-selling novel." And mm. since then, he's wrote 20 New York best, Times best-selling not author uh, novels. What would you regret not doing? That is amazing. That's amazing. Tell us how we can find you. You can find me over at jeremyryanslate.com or commandyourbrand.com. Um, and I am at Jeremy Ryan Slate on every social media platform. Fantastic. Jeremy, thank you so much for coming back. It's always a joy and a pleasure to have you spend time with me and my audience. Absolutely, man. The time just flew by. You're such an incredible host. And I just really appreciate you having me today, man. Fantastic. Thank you for being with us. And thank you to everyone for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Please join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever, learn what they did, what they overcame, and the lessons we can learn along the way. Until next week, take care, everyone. Goodbye. Have a great week. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.